You can go to school for the right reason. You can go to school for the wrong reasons, but you need to go to school for the most financial efficient decisions mm -hmm. to get you in, to get you out as, as quickly as possible and as cheaply as possible. It's the connect, get connected. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Connect Podcast. I'm your host on this side, A. Harris. I got my co-host. D. Moore, what's up, y'all? Happy, uh, you know, another episode of, of the Connect. You know what I'm saying? We're getting to it today. My guy, how you doing over there? Man, I'm good. I see you got on something special. What is that? Oh, uh, just a, rocking a, today? a little white tea, you know what I'm saying? A little, little flower market, you know, meanery, you know, okay. just, just something different, you know, switch it up a little bit. So that's what we do. I got on my guy always, good. love always, you know. Okay. So it's the hometown brand today. Shout out to DJ always, love always. Uh, we spread the message. But ladies and gentlemen, today when we talk about the, the episode that we bring, the importance of this episode, not just this episode, the importance of understanding the message that that we're bringing, the content today. Today, we're talking about money. Money matters. And when we talk yes. about money matters, we're talking today in the sense of financial aid, financial literacy. Um, when I say today's guest, uh, I kind of hyped her up a little bit before we started <laughs> recording, but uh, let's take it back to 2014, me being fresh into higher education, admissions counselor, and, and you go to college fairs, you give students mm -hmm. and families all this information, um, the information that I provided as a, as a college admissions counselor at the time is very pivotal, right? But the information that, that Ms. Candace Johnson, and Ms. Candace Johnson is our guest, I'm, I'm gonna circle back and introduce her, but the information that our guests would, would provide to students and families is probably the, the most pivotal piece of the educational journey. You know, you can go to school for the right reason, you can go to school for the wrong reasons, but you need to go to school for the most financial efficient decisions mm -hmm. to get you in, to get you out as, as quickly as possible and as cheaply as possible. Because I, I, I'm a firm believer, you can go to <laughs> TCU, you can go to Purdue. Whether you got a vet science degree at Purdue or you got a vet science degree at TCU, guess what, they're both vet sciences. But the sticker price is what's different. What's it gonna <laughs> cost me? And, and not just up front, but what's it gonna cost me on the back end? Because you know, you go to school, you get these degrees and there's a price tag that comes with it. So. Today's guest, Ms. Ms. Candace Johnson, uh, former member of Kia, current college access. Um, Ms. Johnson, Candace, thank you for coming to the podcast. How are you today? Wonderful, Darren, Aaron. I'm so, oh, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just got it because I said it out loud. But um, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful to be here and be on this podcast and be able to share information with the listeners and the viewers. Absolutely. So um, background, like I said, me and Candace worked together on the road, probably probably the time of my life, because once I left admissions and going into student success and having to sit behind a desk every day, I became a better professional, but I didn't like the life that it came with mm -hmm. sitting behind a desk every day versus being in the high school, touching the students and, and doing that thing every single day. So Candace, tell us a little bit about what you do, where you are now, yeah. and, and what the job is that, that you're performing. Yeah, thank you so much. So, um, yes, Aaron, as you mentioned, I uh, fresh off, I would say, um, from Kia, um, Kentucky Higher Education Assistance Authority, um, for those 
who are familiar with the Kentucky or, you know, a lot of states actually have these type of agencies, but Kia um, is a state agency in Kentucky that administers financial aid. So for 10 and a half years, wow. I started outreach counts. I know it's crazy. 10 and a half years. I started in 2010. Um, so I was four years in when I met you, Erin, um, but uh, started there and had a amazing, amazing um, adventure experience time meeting families from, um, you know, in Louisville, surrounding counties, They're really all over the state, because I would travel to other counties in the state of Kentucky, and really informing, educating, empowering students and families about the financial aid process. So um, my last uh, day at Kia was in July, and I was blessed to transition to a high school, you know, so when you just said that, Erin, about missing being in the high school. Now I'm at one place and actually it's the high school where my daughter is a student. So I really wow. know that I am aligned. I know that and it's so good. Look, I'm, I'm starting to preach, but it's <laughs> let them no, use you. Hey, right, right, listen, hey. listen, y'all gonna get all this, but um, <laughs> it's so good when you know when you're right where you're supposed to be. Um, I knew the season was up at Kia. It was, you know, I really felt like I had done in that particular position. Um, you know, all that I could do at that point. And so now uh, blessed to be at her school, Louisville Collegiate School. It's a private school here in the city of Louisville. Um, it's a junior kindergarten through 12th grade school. Um, I know, oh yeah, it's off of the bill. Um, and so I'm a college counselor. So I work directly with sophomores. We start with sophomores, juniors, and then of course my seniors, I call them my babies, they're all my babies. But my colleague and I, we we split the class in half. So, um, you know, I have half of the class and I'm helping them through the whole process um, of, you know, figuring out where they're gonna go to school. A lot of the students have schools in mind, but let's talk about what's the academic profile of the school. Of course, we're talking about the financial aid. So that's awesome because I can bring in that knowledge that I've gained over the past 10 and a half years. Um, and really plus because here, and Aaron, I don't know if you knew this, but before I started at Kia, I served as a, um, what was my title? I was a counselor advisor at Upward Bound. At oh, the wow. I know, right? It's crazy. And then before that, I worked for Educational Talent Search, which is a trio program, just like Upward Bound. Um, so I've been doing college access for longer than 10 years. I mean, if I count it up right, man, 15, 15 16, I know I'm young, you know, like I'm definitely young. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was a long answer. But but that's that's me in terms of the work that I that I do. No, that's excellent. That's that's beautiful, and, and especially because like we un we us being in the field, being in the mix, definitely mm -hmm. understand the importance of having knowledgeable people in place, right, to deliver this information. You have your past experiences professionally, mm -hmm. and maybe even some of your own personal experiences that can help as you're working to guide these students towards that mm -hmm. next level, right? So that actually does bring me to um, a question. Um, that I had in, in regards to the work that you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and making those connections, right? I know you're working with all types of students in terms yeah. of, you know, students who might be legacy, students who might be first generation, first in their families to attend college yeah. and things like that. Now, when it comes to students who are first generation, what are some of the challenges that come along with like informing the students but as well as their parents about you know that journey ahead especially when it yeah. comes to making deadlines you know everything has a deadline and understanding the importance of like you kind of got to get your feet moving a little bit right like 
Absolutely. That's so good. I, and I think because um, I can pull upon, you know, a few of the students that I work with, um, even at the private school, right? We right. And we have all types of students, students who can, you know, their parent can write the check and the students who they are the first generation in their college um, first will be the first in their family to go to college, but then also my past experience. So I think um, it's really um, them, I would say challenge is sometimes with them not knowing really where to start. Um, and also I think so that I would say that's a challenge for that family or that student not knowing like the student has a desire, but where do I start? And I've definitely had, and you all can probably speak to, have had that family where they're like, okay, get help. <laughs> like, you know, like I might, and we've all done this where we're like, well, well tell me what questions you have. And they're looking like, oh, right. all I know is I want to go we do first you Absolutely. know so I would say that um and not being ashamed to to say that and I definitely have had families who and you can as if we pay attention to people we can read and and it, it takes Absolutely. like I'm doing my hand like this but it takes time you know someone's in the field it takes time to be patient and listen yeah. to our students and families but you can discern what they need and so that's what's been a joy for me is that I, I'm nurturing. I, I am a mom, but even before I was, I just, that's just how I was designed. I'm nurturing. So I'm going to try to be as patient and, and calm, you know, and, and, and show love on my face, make sure my expressions are good. And, you know, my nonverbal is good. So people feel comfortable because they have to know that there's trust there. There has to be trust there so that we can, okay, I don't want you to feel ashamed that, you know, you're the first, or even I think about my family's who um, were English language learners. Uh -huh. right? And so here I come in and they, and I, I know like based on how I look and just my demeanor that, you know, I feel comfortable with her. I mean, I've had families at schools that I've worked with in the past, right? That said, no, we don't want, we want you. <laughs> like we want you. Right, right. That's right. And I'm like, okay, I got you. And those families, y'all, like their kid, their, their daughter, one family I'm thinking about, I know I'm taking it, but no, you got it. You got okay. it. I'm like, I get excited. But one family, literally, I helped them with the financial aid process all the way up to their daughter graduated from college. Nice. Nice. And, and I'm not even at Kia anymore. I literally, they, I gave them my cell phone number, you know, because I knew, like, we had that relationship there. Right. And they text me, you all know the FAFSA comes out in October. Uh -huh. <laughs> and they text me while I was at my current job. I connected with them. We Zoomed on the weekend because I was like, I, I felt that responsibility, right? So I would say, you know, building that trust can be a challenge for families, you know, who are first generation. Um, and I was going to say something that I may find as a challenge, but I can't think of it right now because I've definitely had my challenges, but I'll yeah. just get there. But it, <laughs> I think that's important, though, Candice, like you, even though you were in that position, still opening yourself up to say, hey, you know, I got you here because there's a lot of people in the, in the field of education that will get you somewhere and just okay. hand you off to somebody yeah. else and say, all right, not my problem anymore. But I'm going to speak for us three when, when I say this. We're not cut from that cloth. Yes, there's a time and place where, you know, I'm on this job and I can't help you right now. But like you said, hey, this weekend, let's get it done. And I, right. I think that's even more important when we talk about first generation students. D is like, 
having your people, right? Even if you go to an institution, having your people at that institution, if it's the admissions counselor introducing you to their people at the campus. So you know, okay, this is Aaron's people, so that's my people, or this is Darren's mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. this is my people. I'm talking, we, we have to be intentional with these connections because when you think yes. about not just the, the retention rate, but the success rate, and, and that ties into how comfortable am I at this institution? Do I feel belonging? Am I connected? And if we on the front end can do that before a student gets there and, and helps them get connected and establish some type of rapport, that's huge. So kudos to you for even not being in that position anymore and still helping that family further. And I want to I want to ask you this, because now you're, you're K through 12 mm -hmm. versus um, being on the, the Kia side. Mm -hmm. Is there something that you miss about that Kia side talking about the financial aid piece or is it still that you tied into the current job with college access? Because on, on the road, you see a, a, a homogenous mixture of people right now yeah, you're at a set yeah. location every day what's that that transition phase been like yeah oh my goodness that's that's such a great question so yeah and I, I said you know I felt like my season was up you know after and I think a lot of people had we had time right during COVID to really think about you know what we're doing I, I know I, I took that time like what am I doing and how can I continue making my job too Candice what'd you say I left my job at TCU right so I feel yeah that. you know with with more to go, I, you know, this definitely isn't my last my last place. But you know, anyway, nah. uh, yeah, it's not. You know, like I know there's more. There's there we more. go. That's real. Yeah, there's there's more. So it's a meantime thing. But I knew my season was up, um, and um, I definitely do miss. I'm such a people person, and I and I and I and I feel that need, and I give all that at my place as well at, you know, at my school as well, because that's just who I am. I'm going to be the light and, and, you know, talk to people and make sure the students feel comfortable um, and have what they need, whether that is us meeting um, with, you know, about college or it's about something else practical, like I need help with this assignment or how do, how do I talk to this teacher? You know, like you meet the need, right? I'm not, you put on a different hat if need be. Meet them where they are. You know, you know how we do, like you meet the need. Exactly. Um, I definitely miss um, the, you know, um, going different places, you know, ha visiting different places. And I loved it because I was in, you know, Louisville, metropolitan city, but then I was going to the county, mm -hmm. you know, going to see my folks surrounding counties, you know, in the country, little baby country, I would say. <laughs> I, I, I miss, I miss that. And I, again, I'm a people person. So I loved the um just the variety of things I would do and places I would go um throughout my job at Kia um and I treasure that right like I miss that but um again I know I'm assigned you know I really feel like God placed me he did um the place I'm at so I received that you know I'm not longing to go back uh -huh. to us because I know I'm supposed to be right here so um the transition uh was good because you know, during the quarantine, Kia, we were at home like most people, you know, so I was doing this, right? So I went, <laughs> no one could be out and about. So I was like, man, God, that was a setup because you really helped me, you know, tra I transitioned well because I was used to being at home in one place. Mm -hmm. you know? So it wasn't, it wasn't a bad transition or it hasn't been a bad transition at all. Good deal. No, that's excellent. That's excellent. Uh, oh, were you going to say something? My fault. No, you got it. You can follow up. Oh yeah, no. In in regards to um, that 
it actually makes me draw back on what we were talking about previously when we we're talking about connecting um, students accordingly, right? Especially with our own, um, what is it, our own like resources, our own experiences, but making sure they have what they need. And Aaron, when you hit on the point about um, helping students not only get there, but also to be able to thrive, I think that's key to helping them build that, uh, that like toolkit because there's going to be so many different things that they'll need along the way. So it's not just what we give them it's also equipping them to be a little bit more independent in their process, but also trust that they are knowledgeable and that they understand these things. So I think that's key work that you do, Candice, and being able to help empower students to kind of make their own decisions, but also you're walking with them along the way. That's the beauty of working with high school students is that you can kind of help build, you know what I'm saying, that as they go forward and let them take the baton and, 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 you know keep it going or whatever yeah. but um in, in doing so like do you have any like memorable like mo- I know you spoke about the family that you worked with when you were at yeah. Kia but yeah. during your new role has there been any like memorable moments where you're just like yo these students got it like they they good to go like has yeah. there been any moments like that for you so far yeah absolutely um I mean they're and they they're continuing so you know this is a big week in in college uh, admissions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So a lot of decisions um, are coming out this week and more to come in January. Um, and so I've gotten emails, I've gotten screenshots, I've gotten selfies, you know, from students finding out um, that they got in. I've also, um, you know, face to face and even um, over, you know, email of the of no's, of no's which, um, which has been interesting because I even before in, um, before this season, I was talking to my colleagues about that. And I'm like, you know, for a lot of students, they haven't heard no before. Uh, a, a lot of my students haven't heard no before. And then that made me think, okay, how do I respond when I hear no? Mm. You know, I'm like, I've heard no before in some things. You know, I've heard no to, you know, to a job before. I've heard no to you name it, right? Numerous. Like, numerous. <laughs> you know, numerous things. <laughs> you know, like as an adult and as a kid, right? Like, no, you can't have that cookie. You were sour and you <laughs> side eyes like somebody. Right, side eye, you know. Like this is unfair. <laughs> right, right. You know, so that has been, I'm like, man, you know, so I'm processing that. And so I've had some of my students, you know, they've taken that whole um and they've sat with that like I you know we don't want them to rush past it like feel that no because I think that when I've heard a no I couldn't easily go past that especially if you know, like I, something I knew I was, come on now y'all like like I knew that was a yes right oh, we know wait a minute so um honoring them but then I've seen students um like okay I heard the no but then here's the next step like I'm ready now to move forward so that has been so awesome Darren to see that is my students like sit with that but then they're ready with a game plan you know mm-hmm. and they, oh it's not God. me and that's not every student right there's been some students yeah. I'm like hey let's me let's talk let, you know <laughs> like because I'm guiding right I'm a college counselor so there's some I'm gonna have to you know gently nudge and bring along a little bit but there's been some that I'm like okay I see you you just tell me what you need me to do right that's real that's right real. You know, so that so that's been so good. Um, just even in the short amount. I mean, I just started in August, right? So I just started, um, and actually, I was able to start the end of July because we had an application lab in the summer. So I met a few of my seniors then, and so just to 
time has flown by. So to see them think about where they were then starting, you know, really getting into the process of applying to school and all those things and finishing up their testing, you know, ACT and SAT, and then to get to this point where, you know, they're hearing back from schools and how they've handled that um, has been good to see, right? And I'm, I'm learning, we're always going to learn from students, right? Absolutely. So to learn them and how they can help make me better. Yes, yes. And that's the key. They show, they show me and the, or, they, or they tell me or they tell me by showing me, you know, um, so it's me um, processing that and saying, okay, how can I help them in a better way? How can I be better for them in the way I communicate information in the way that I encourage them? Um, so it's been, man, I just keep saying, y'all, I'm being stretched. I'm learning, you know, and to think I've been in this space this field for a long time and things are always changing, um, you know, as far as the information, of course, but then we're changing. Yeah. Good. Uh-huh. Students are changing. The needs of the students are changing, whether you're, and again, I'm at a private school, so people may assume, oh, they got everything. No, come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> No, once you get up in the building, you find out things that are going on with our students. Cause I call them all mine, like mm-hmm. I'm responsible for them. So all the all mine, once I find out, you know, what's going on, you know, I'm finding out, okay, you need this, you need this. Okay, I can't help you with that, but I know somebody who can. Mm-hmm. And just helping that connection. Making that connection. That's the thing, right? That's the thing. That is, hey, you get it. That's our theme. That's it. All intentional. (laughs) You spoke about something that I think is very important. And I'm experiencing that same thing. Like, oh, I worked in higher ed eight years. I know it. But when you get around a group of students, students will teach you. And and to your point, the language, how you talk, how you understand what this student needs versus that student needs. And and that's a big part of the the educational journey is meeting each student's needs because uh, a lot of people try to blanket and, and, oh, everybody's the same. Everybody needs this. Mm. No, everybody's needs are different. So can you kind of talk about the process? Because the Mm -hmm. the educational process of, okay, senior year's here, I need to start applying and faster than knowing what college to go to. Then May 1, decision day, finding out what orientation to go to. Right. Can you speak a little bit about that process and kind of give our listeners, our families, some, some insight to, to what it looks like as a as a senior? Like, let's say coming out of junior year yeah. through your senior year, and, and then we'll circle back to, to the most important piece, money matters, that, that, financial, aid, that financial piece. So c- kind of talk to us from junior year, Mm-hmm. In the junior year through senior year, what what does that process look like for yeah. students? Awesome, awesome. I would say junior year, and people say junior year is the most important year. Well, all the years are important. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> single year because it all you know adds up. Yeah. I had a meeting with a junior today and and her parents, and I said okay, and she we've got gotten to know each other really well because she's in one of the we teach a um, kind of co curricular class, so she was in that for eight class sessions so we've gotten to know each other have met one-on-one before and so I said okay when you apply to college fall of your senior year you're going to or we're myself as your counselor I'm submitting your transcript your transcript has freshman year (laughs) sophomore year and junior year so all three matter junior year is important because we start really to have that concentrated effort on let's talk about or let's start to build your college list 
for real, for real. And let's start to, um, we want you to, if you can go visit the campus. Um, and also we're encouraging our juniors to start taking their, their tests, their ACT or SAT. Okay. So to just walk through that timeline, Erin. Um, so yeah, so we encourage our students um, at my school, um, and I even did this before, you know, in their junior year to really focus in on which testing they're going to take. You know, they're going to take the ACT or SAT. I know back in the day I took both. I was like, I just want to see how I do on both. Um, <laughs> you know, let me see what's going on. Um, every college, they take both. You know, I'm, I'm, back in the day, I feel like it's like, okay, if you're going out of state, take the SAT. SAT, yep, right. You know, but nowadays, all the schools, you know, you all know, they, they take both tests. And so um, really, we want students to take both. They may lean towards one. They may feel better about one versus another and then stick with that one. Because if you're going back and forth, you know, you're having to kind of retrain your brain on really the format of the test, you know, and all that. So if there's one you like, and not everybody's jumping up and down about a test anyway, but if there's one that you feel like, okay, I feel a little bit better about this one, or maybe I feel great about this one, we want you to go with that one and really focus that focus in on that during junior year. Okay. Before you transition, though, yeah. just a question about the test. Um, mm -hmm. Are they going back to test optional still with some schools or is it now mm -hmm. like we we need those tests? Bring them back. Great questions. I know. So as of what's today, December 16th, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually connected with quite a few admissions counselors within the last couple of weeks and um, have asked that question about, you know, test optional. And so Everyone I spoke with, I probably literally have talked to about 10 representatives from, yeah, from 10 different colleges in the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, and they've all said, you know, for this upcoming school year, so 2022-2023 school year, for our seniors applying now for that school year who have just applied, their test optional. Okay. And then we're doing that again for that next school year. And then we're then are going to evaluate. How, the benefit behind, Okay. I yeah, see what them classes uh, is looking like. Right, yeah, yeah for, right. And see, you know, do we need to, you know, bring it back? Or are we, you know, does it really play, play a key in how our students are successful? But then there are colleges who have been test optional mm. like, way before anybody was talking about it in the last two years, you know. Um, and there's a really, really cool website. And I'm going to say it's fairtest.org. Fair, F-A-I-R, test.org. And it keeps up like the list of all of the colleges that are test optional or actually like what their policy is. Okay. Some different language. You hear test optional, you hear test blind, where like some of the California schools, I know, I know. It's, it's I'm like, I'm, and y'all, when well, I say I've test blind. I've heard the term. I've heard the term. Right. So some of the California schools are test blind where they're like, don't send us your score at all. We don't we're not going to look at it. If you send it, we're not looking at it. So don't, we don't care. <laughs> we don't care. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know. I, right. Um, but then I read something about, you know, California may be coming up with their own, you know, type of placement exam. Oh. So, you know, so you have that too. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. And test option. I mean, oh my gosh, that's, that's changing and rapidly too. So right now, like I said, from the schools I've talked to, you know, they're pretty much kind of, if they're, if they were test optional now, they're probably going to stick with it for the next two years and then reevaluate. Um, but that way, 
that as I mentioned is, is good because they keep up to date with those schools and what their policies are. And even on their website, and that's what I had to do. Like as I was talking with students, my seniors this year, and they were like, okay, should I submit my test score? Should I not, you know, or their policy together, right? Cause I'm empowering the student. I can't, I'm not gonna do everything. Right. And they might, and I tell them, I was like, go look and then let me know because I might not be able to, I might be meeting with somebody else. So I didn't have a chance to look. So you tell me. Absolutely. That's, okay. that's, and that's what you're supposed to do. That's how you learn. Right. I, you know, can't do everything. So we look together, or they, they look, or a parent may email and say, oh, I just read this. Thank you. You know, we're we partners, we're all partners together. Yeah. Um, but we're looking on the website and reading through their test. I mean, a lot of some of the schools have done a really good job of explaining you know, their policy and what they're looking at, you know, okay, you don't have to submit your test score, but we're looking at your classes. We're looking at the rigor of your schedule. We're looking to see how you did in that math class and you want to come into our engineering school. Those things matter. So reminding students of that, they're going to ask for your mid-semester grades. Say it again, say it again, say their it again. Colleges are going to request your mid-semester grades. Some, I'm, I'll, Talked to a school today, said, yes, we're going to be requesting because we want to make sure that trajectory, upward trajectory uh -huh. that we is continuing. Uh -huh. So your itis right. is real too. And seniors right. will be like, oh, I don't want, it's like, yo, whoa, 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 whoa. School year is not over just yet. You right, and that right. offer could be rescinded. Listen, you know, they, they, the same way they the offer it to you, they can take it back. That's the realest thing. Students think, oh, I got in, they can't take my admissions back. Keep, keep playing with that senior year and see what happens. <laughs> keep yeah. playing. Yeah. That's yeah. real. So yes, um, so yeah, I'm so glad you asked me that, um, Darren, about the test optional. And I, I and there was like, there's one school they they weren't test optional. You know, it was interesting because mm. schools that were, and so they may not have missed a the score. I was like, oh, but this school wants it, so don't forget. <laughs> you need to sit. But no, honestly, I was, you know, I because um, that was that that this has been that has been a new part for me. You know, coming from key, I didn't have knowledge of that, and of course, you know. COVID was going on, so a lot of students couldn't take the ACT, hence the reason um, schools were looking at tests optional, um, but some of them were already there. They already, you know, um, one school's website said, you know, we've done our research, you know, that test, the SAT or ACT doesn't indicate the success of a student. We feel really good about our holistic process as far as evaluating a student on their, I mean, really their GPA from high school. Mm their schedule, the recommendation letters, <clears throat> in activities, whether that was in school or out of school, their essay, mm -hmm. they're required to submit an essay to the college too, so. No, that's awesome, that's awesome. And I didn't mean to take you off track with that because I know we were talking <laughs> about like going through that process of yeah. from junior year through senior year, but I, yes. I, I had to like that one. Yeah, because I was just throwing it out there. Right, right, no, that's key, that's super key. Yeah. My, my bad, Aaron. Oh, you're good. <laughs> Right. All this no, is good. good insight. All this yeah. is good insight because I'm not in admissions and orientation anymore. So I don't know about the test optional test blind. Well, you said test blind. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What is this? Right. <laughs> as we talk about education, the landscape is changing. Right. Mm -hmm. But one thing that ain't changing with education is the cost, the stick of tag. Right. right? right. Candace, this is this is where your expertise is. <laughs> is like really important. Your background and key. Yeah. Talk to us about money, college. What is yeah. what is it? Yeah, absolutely. College costs, college costs. And um, and I 
feel like something you said earlier, Aaron, might have maybe think about this is that we, and I'm saying we because I'm in college, you know, we're in, I'm in college. We includes me, everyone who's watching and listening, including <laughs> myself. Um, we talk a lot about, okay, cost of attendance, how much it costs to go to the college, right? Tuition. And here's what's under cost of attendance. I'm giving it to you all, the, you know. Break it down like a financial aid. Like, you see me? I feel like I need to like bring up a PowerPoint. You see me? <laughs> I quickly I'm going there. So cost of attendance includes tuition, right? Your classes, any fees associated with that, um, room and board. So if you're gonna live on campus, you you pay for where you lay your head, your student lays their head, and meal plans. So when you hear board, that's what that is. That's a meal plan. So your student can eat you know, right while they're on campus. So tuition, room and board, those are direct costs to the college. Indirect costs, right, mm -hmm. that we definitely have to consider. We have to include your books. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> your books, supplies that come along with that. Transportation, that's also included in cost of attendance. Um, so if whether you have a car, um, parking pass, parking fee, you know, mm -hmm. Um, the main, you know, keeping up your car, having gas in the car. And then there's a category miscellaneous. So uh -huh. that include, right. That can include a, a lab fee, or, um, if you're involved in a student organization, it could be that fee or, uh, athletic fee. You know, some colleges may charge athletic fee. Um, we talk about, I feel like, you know, you can, you can Google that, right. You can type in, and I want you to do that. Type in the name of the college and on, you know, Google's algorithm has a setup where you type in the name of the college um, before you can even get to the list of the college website. Like I was look, I was on there today. I was like, oh man, I gotta scroll down to actually, actually get to the college website, but it has a snapshot um, of the college, which is great because you can find that information, you know, right then and there. But there's cost before you apply to college. Application fee. Application fee, right? Or before you get to college, application fee. We were just talking about the test, right? Mm -hmm. SAT, you know, you you may have to pay for that test if you're not eligible for fee waiver. And I'll come back and talk about that. But um, there's a cost associated with, you do have to pay for the ACT and SAT. Uh -huh. They're So it, it costs money to register for the ACT and SAT test. Um, I mentioned, you know, we want families and current students to get on a college campus where there's costs to get there, right? If a student is like, yes, I want to go to this faraway college because I'm ready to get out of this state, you know, and they like, I want to go visit, well, parent, family member, you know, that's going to take money to get your baby across, <laughs> across the United States, to mm -hmm. visit, right? So there's costs, um, you know, the, I, I want to say pre-cost, but yeah, kind of those costs before actually having to pay for college. Um, so yeah, so college costs money. And as you know, families do that research, um, like I said, use Google, but go on that college website. Every single college is required to publish, you know, those numbers, publish how much it costs to go there. And so, you know, we've been talking about connections and this is what I tell families, connect with someone in that financial aid office, right? Every office is run a little bit different. Of course, there's regulations they have to follow, um, you know, because they're receiving federal funds. So there's certain things that are the same, but um, in terms of how they process and deadlines um, and even other aid that they may have available, 
you're going to find that out. Yes, on the website, but there's nothing like having your person, Uh having your person that you can call because they know the ins and outs of their their finances for that college, Mm -hmm. right? Let you know what's available and how you can acquire that, right? And that's what I do as well. But I'm also saying, okay, you have to also connect with the financial aid counselor. So every college, I remember, I think Gene mentioned Gene Aaron, so my former colleague at Kia, he always said this when he talked and I I stole it, I borrowed it from him. (laughs) Every school has these two offices, the ones you want to get to know, the admissions office Mm -hmm. and the financial aid office. Like they can get you in and get you some money. I'm telling you, those are the two to know, right? And you can go on the college website and I've done, I mean, I do this because I think it's so important that um, students and families are connected, like we've been saying, to that person at college that will help guide them, especially if they are first generation of college and even if they're not, because things are are fluid, you know, they're changing. and so if you go on the college website, you can go to contact us through the financial aid office and see names and pictures and email addresses of the people that work there. I just had to get that out. That's how you find out who, who your person is. Um, I'll stop right there. I'm sure Aaron, you have some follow-up that I can I can keep talking about money. Of All right, so we, we talking about financial aid. Mm-hmm. Let's say we got a first generation listener right now, first generation parent. What is financial aid, right? Yes. What, what is that? Why is it so important to yeah. the educational journey? Also, Absolutely. what is covered under financial aid as True. well? I think yeah. Yeah. Have a good understanding. Yeah. So financial aid is um, is aid or money to help pay for college, and so I like to break it down. There's kind of four main categories to financial aid: the programs that can come underneath the umbrella. I like using my hands. The umbrella of financial aid. So you have grants. Grants are free money that don't have to be paid back. Grants can come from the federal government. So the federal government has money set aside for students to help pay for college. Um, The state, whatever state you're in, I worked for our state agency. So my job was to inform our families across the state of Kentucky of the money that the state of Kentucky has for you from the Kentucky lottery. Right, baby. Right, (laughs) right, right, okay. Um, And so, and also colleges have grants. Mm-hmm. Right? So those, you know, grants and then three places where you can find grants, the federal government, the state government, whatever state you may be in, and the college or colleges that you're, you know, interested in or your student is interested in. Okay, so that's one. So the grant is one uh, form of financial aid or one program under financial aid. What else is under financial aid? Scholarships. That's my favorite word. I light up when I talk about scholarships. Grants and scholarships are similar in where you don't have to pay that money back, right? I like to talk about those first. Um, so for our families, you know, any family, we want you to go for the, that free money first. All day, every day. All day, every day, we want you to go for that free money first. So financial aid, scholarships are considered, that comes under the umbrella of financial aid, aid to help pay for college, money to help pay for college. So there are scholarships from a number of places. I like to tell families, start with the college. Most times they're going to have the most to give. Mm-hmm. Colleges are getting money from the federal government, from the state, from endowment front funds, from donors, 
other grants or other national organizations where they've, you know, written for something and received additional aid. So a lot of times their pool of money is a lot, is large. So you definitely want to start there. It doesn't mean you end there, right? You got to keep going, but start with the college. Um, so there's scholarships from the college or university that you're interested in. There's scholarships from your state. Mm. Like in, you know, in Kentucky, we have a, a state scholarship program that every single student who's a high school student, whether you attend a public or private high school, you're eligible for a state scholarship that you can use at colleges in the state. I wish okay. I would have known that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, um, I, I knew about ours and I, I still went out of state and so, I was just like, man. I got right. a heavy pad from not knowing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you went to school in state, right? Listen, and, and lost the piece of scholarship. So when she's talking about this, I, I need our listeners to listen. Yeah. Because if you lose this money, what comes on the back end? Can't is finished, please. I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lessons learned, my boy. Lessons learned. I'm telling you. I'm telling <laughs> you. Um, so yeah. So and not just in Kentucky, but a lot of states do have funds for their residents, and you know they want to. You know, states want to keep their best and brightest at home. So this yeah. is incentive, right? You might think, well, why are they giving this scholarship? They, you know, we, we the economy. It you know it helps when you go to school and we give you a scholarship and you graduate and hopefully you stay in the state. You're adding to the econ uh, economy, right? You're hopefully being a productive citizen. So um, I think about you know like Georgia has a Hope Scholarship Program. Um, Tennessee has a Tennessee Promise program where they're paying for at least two years of college for students. Mm. Um, here in the city of Louisville, um, there's a Promise scholarship for students at public high schools that just, you know, um, launched last school year. So for the class of 2021, and it's called Evolve 502. Um, that's going to continue to expand for other students, you know, that are at public high schools. When I say other students, for other classes, um, with the goal of that, you know, one day that that city leaders or teachers can tell kindergarten students, hey, we got a scholarship waiting on you, right? So that's the goal. But right now, um, there's enough funds with that particular scholarship, I believe, for the eighth graders. Oh, nice. In Jefferson County public schools, if they continue on to a public high school and graduate, it'll be 2026. Only I know I only know that because my daughter's a freshman in high school. <laughs> Count it up. So for the current class of 2026, for Louisville um, residents going to a Jefferson County public schools uh, middle school eighth grader, there is a guaranteed um, uh, two-year scholarship that they can use at community colleges in our state and our. Um, uh, Simmons College of Kentucky HBCU here in the city. Nice. Okay, that's pretty. So good. I listen. I didn't gave it all, but uh, let me keep going with scholarships though. Yeah, you think? Do you think? Okay. So, um, so the scholar. What did I say? Scholarships from the college. There's scholarships from your state, um, and there's scholarships from we call them private organizations, right? be a sorority or fraternity in your community it could be chick-fil-a maybe where you're i mean there's a lot of you know a lot of like giving out bank too yes yeah, bag right it could be you know a fast food restaurant like a chick-fil-a or mcdonald's these are places that i know for sure give out scholarships because yep. because i've asked them because i've been on their website because i know students that have earned like i personally know students who have earned these scholarships um you know and so that's considered a private um, organization or an external 
um, source for scholarships. Um, there are scholarships that are housed at students' high schools. Uh -huh. So some um, high schools through the PTA or PTSA, Parent Teacher Association, Parent Teacher Student Association, you know, they may have a essay contest that seniors can apply for and they're going to be awarded scholarships. Um, there are um, alumni, right? Alumni from that high school may have a scholarship for the current senior class and maybe the alumni class is 65. Thank you. <laughs> Putting y'all's money together for these babies. For real. That's super real. Uh, for real. Um, and then there are, you know, I also like to tell students start local and then branch out because you have a greater chance of earning a scholarship or getting one because there may be a smaller pool, right? If you're mm -hmm. local, I say start with your high school. Of course, I already talked about the college, start with the college and the high school and think about what's available for me as a high school student. Your high school counselor is going to be, is that gatekeeper. If there's any scholarships available from the community or from different colleges, that information is being sent to counselors. I'm getting that information. My colleague and I were sharing that with students. We are posting it on our bulletin board, old school, right? We have a bulletin board outside our office where we up and hang up a poster about scholarships. Um, so we're sharing that information. So students and families, oh, I hear me when I say have a relationship with your school counselor, whether that's a guidance counselor, school counselor, college counselor, whomever that person is at your high school who's leading those efforts with college and career access, get to know them because they're going to have valuable information to share. Um, and, and ask those questions, ask them if they're aware of any scholarships that you may be eligible for, okay? Um, and then other organizations like your church or um, a civic organization like a Kiwanis Club or even a Chamber of Commerce. I remember, um, you know, in my last job as an outreach counselor, I visited everywhere. So I stopped by, you know, I didn't even call. I, I ran up on the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> I, did. I was like, hey, I let you for a second. Right, right. You know, I went in there and we got to talk and she was like, yes, we have, you know, they give out, they gave out, they were giving out three scholarships to students lived in the community. You didn't have to go to the high school in the community, but just live in that community. Nice. Okay. And not a lot of students applied for that. I was like, oh, don't worry. I'm gonna get the word out, you know, like, um, so yeah, so it's really you know, students and families not being afraid to ask those questions and and also sharing that, you know, we have a need, you know, this is where this is where we want to go. This is what we're looking for. And as you tell people, and of course, you know, be wise and discerning about who you share, but you never know who knows somebody, right? You Absolutely. Never, you're sharing your dream and goals with me. Say, you know what? My friend's sister got a scholarship from the Concrete Association, you know, so I know about that one, so check that out, right? So it's really about students and families being confident to ask those questions and us, you know, is sharing that information too. So that's scholarships. So we talked about grants, we talked about scholarships. What other aid is available? What else comes under financial aid? we don't want. <laughs> well, let me talk about one and then I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna okay. get to that one. Okay. So work study. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was a work study student and that is considered right. a a program. Listen, and so um, basically um, it's a part-time job, usually on the college campus. Mm -hmm. I was in college, I worked in an office. So I answered phones, you know, and, and ran errands around campus. Um, I also 
advise students and we were a part, all the students who were undeclared at our college came through our office. And so I was a peer advisor. Yeah, which was so cool. Um, anyway, everything comes full circle. And, um, and so I got paid every two weeks. And back in the day, they was cutting checks. They, they didn't have fancy debit card. <laughs> Walk into the bursar's office, couldn't wait to pick up my check. <laughs> Kel's family, please. Listen, right, ready. Okay, so, um, and some colleges have, you know, um, have um, work study programs where every single student works. And that's a part mm -hmm. of their, um, a part of their school. I'm thinking about Berea College. I would say Berea is like that, right? Yeah. yeah, Berea is like that. And there's a few other schools too that do that. But I know a lot of people are familiar with Berea here in Kentucky, where it's a work study type of school where every single student works and that money goes directly to paying for that cost of attendance, which we talked about earlier. So that's a financial aid option. And then last, as Aaron was getting to our federal or student loans. So that is a form of financial aid. I, I listed last on purpose, I say it last on purpose because you it's money you have to pay back. It's money students borrow. There's also a loan that parents can borrow on behalf of their student, but the loan, you know, there's it's you're required to pay it back. You hear um, that, Joseph Robinette? At the, with the stroke of a pen, you can get rid of these things for us, right? You hear that, Joseph Robinette? My man, you ran on this. Keep your promise, dude. Come on. Listen. <laughs> listen I'm over here with, with mine too uh, for my doctorate program. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm believing in that supernatural debt cancellation. You know, you know. Hey, did y'all hear about the 11-year-old who hacked the school's the internet? Yeah. I need, get, I need to get this 11-year-old to hack the federal government. Hey, wipe them, young man. Wipe them. Right. Do your thing, sir. Do your thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is, I did not hear about that. That is, that's hilarious. But, yeah, so, um, so you know, a lot of people, of course, we know about loans because we're in crazy, crazy debt in this uh, country. Um, and so my encouragement to families is let that be the last option, if not an option at all, because there mm -hmm. are resources there are ways that your students can go to college and it be affordable and I think you talked about this you know when we first got started with this with this episode about school being affordable um and I was actually talking with uh one of my colleagues a couple of days ago about about community college and that option as an option advantage students Smart choice. yeah and there's um like stackable credentials, right? Where students can start out and get a certificate, but then that can lead to associate's degree. And then your associate's degree can lead to your bachelor's degrees and you're helping to save money by starting out at a community college because it's a lot um, uh, uh, cheaper, you know, than a four-year institution. And not saying, you know, don't look at a private or a public, public college, but just be well-informed about the cost. Um, and I want to say this in all, I'll pause and then let y'all answer any or ask any questions so I can follow up. But, um, you know, I'll, we want you to be well informed. And how do you know how much it costs to go to college? Again, visit that school website. Every single school is required to publish their cost of attendance. And also there's a calculator called mm -hmm. Price Calculator. Mm -hmm. And you can plug in, families can plug in their financial information and students can even plug in their academic information. And what is generated is an estimate of how much it costs to go to that college per year, how much financial aid 
the student may be eligible for. And also, and I didn't say this term just yet, I don't think, how much merit-based aid the student may be eligible for. Merit-based aid is based on academics, athletics, and arts, yeah. and sometimes other unique talents that students may have. So students have earned this aid, or you hear it called a merit scholarship based on their GPA in high school, and sometimes based on their testing, their ACT or SAT. Or if they're an athlete, you know, they are being awarded a scholarship based on their athleticism in whatever sport. Or if they're an artist, maybe they're a dancer or they're in theater or they're a vocalist or instrumental. And based on the school or, you know, the major they're going to, they, they'll have to audition and maybe awarded a merit scholarship based on that talent they have. Um, so with that net price calculator on the college website, colleges can give that failing estimate right of cost. So you're clear on what is needed, right? But also I encourage families you, and you have to have that conversation with your student. Okay. I've had a lot of conversations with students, right? Through the years about financial aid. And there've been some students who didn't know until senior year when we're at the computer doing the FAFSA forum that, okay, this is what I'm eligible for, but I thought my parent could help but they can't help like I thought they would. Mm -hmm. yeah, no, that's a tough combo. And that's tough. That's tough. Or the parent is right there and they were waiting to see what they were going to receive on the FAFSA and were disappointed by what they saw and didn't, you know, didn't, didn't know and didn't account for that. So that's, it's tough. So, I, you know, we can only plan so much, but some of those tools like the net price calculator and even talking with, personnel at the college about costs is going to be so, so key. And also being real with students about, and we kind of said this earlier, their performance in high school. Yes. Right? Because yes. those That's merit, okay. those merit scholarships aren't just given, <laughs> right? Like to everybody. Now there are schools that may be able to give a scholarship um, to everyone, but you need to look at how much it costs to go there, right? Like I talked to a school and they're like, oh yeah, you know, for next school year, we'll be able to give everybody $20,000. Like everyone who applied early gets $20,000. Well, the school costs 70. That's wild. Yeah. Here's the question wow. that too, though, Candace. Here's the question that too. They give them 20 and parents saying, oh, I'm getting 20 a year, but no, baby, this is 20 over four. Yeah. So it's yeah. only really five a year. Right. Oh, 20 over four years. Wow. I'm thinking right. 20 a year. Like, you know, right. 10, goodness gracious. Right. But some schools are yes. like that, D. Some schools may say 20 a year. Right. Some yeah, schools yeah. may hit you with, oh, we're going to give you a $20,000 scholarship. And that student's like, oh, I got 20 a year. And then they get to mm -hmm. campus or they get to that that uh financial aid award letter that you get. And it's like, oh, 5000 I thought I got a $20,000 scholarship. Right. And then they yeah, tell you, yeah, this is 20 over four. Right. Right, yeah. and then that five thousand is twenty five hundred fall spring. So even more is broken down. So yeah, right. that's real. Yeah, yeah, and not to discourage anybody. I think what excites me is that, um, again, there are you know I'll say us you know that can help families, and that's what I enjoy doing, breaking it down so it's clear. Because anytime you talk about finances, right there is um, it's a, it's a tough thing to talk about, especially with your your child as well. I mean, I have a daughter. And so I've been mentioning things like, you know, we I have a mortgage that I pay, you know, and, and sometimes she doesn't want to hear that. I'm like, but this is real. And these are yeah. things 
you're going to have when you get older too. So we got to have those conversations. And so it's just so imperative that our families um, have those conversations with our students if they can kind of early on or just kind of plant those seeds. Like I'm planting those seeds with my daughter. I'm not giving her everything because I know I'm learning, right? Mm -hmm. Every day, what I can share now, what I can wait to share, you know, as she matures. And that's student right that's what everything and that's my prayer I hope that parents and families are really being mindful of that and then there are some students they have to lead that conversation uh-huh. mm-hmm. you know I mean in at the school I'm at now and even others there were there were students that were the independent one they were the ones taking care of business for their family uh-huh. so they had to be the ones to let the family know okay this is what I've researched about the college this is you know, the money that I could get, this is what I may need your with, or if you can't help me, I'm going to apply for this scholarship. And, you know, so um, it just depends, you know, on the student, the situation. But like I said, what, what makes me um, um, excited is that there's help available for families, you know, of course, not just myself, you all, you know, um, the personnel at the colleges to really walk families through the process because it can be overwhelming along with <laughs> students are also they're students first like they're in high school trying to manage all the things but also take these steps towards or you know transitioning to a, a new life at a new place you know and really adulting right so there's this tension of, okay, I have this exam tomorrow, but I also got to finish my essay for college mm-hmm. game on Saturday. And I got practice, after, you know, and I'm supposed to like keep my room clean. <laughs> <laughs> All the things, right? You're at that, that cusp of- I remember when we were there. <laughs> that young adulthood cusp, man, because yeah. everything intersects, right? You got, you're transitioning out of high school, you're transitioning right. into, you know, college and workforce, and you're still- a child but you're working towards independence it's it's like so all the things at one scary time. hours man like scary, if, scary. if you don't if you don't have the people around you to yeah. guide you during that time yeah. uh-huh. you can really as uh, you use the perfect word candace you can get overwhelmed yeah and, and this process of graduating high school figuring out mm-hmm. what you want to do it's overwhelming and, and i'm even throw one in here for the students find you a mentor Find you someone, maybe a neighbor, maybe uh, a counselor in your school, maybe a teacher that you're really cool with that has been through that process that can sit down with you, right? But but it takes you as a student to to open your mouth. Closed mouths don't get fed. Uh, And and to your point, Candice, I want to talk a little bit about the work study. Your position, and and this is totally left field of financial aid, your position as a work study peer advisor was very essential to your college success too. I, I don't even know if you thought about this at that time. You got a job on campus that when you weren't busy, you got to do your work probably on that job. Which that, yeah. that is a, a big piece when you're looking for these work study positions on campus. Yes. Find you a job where you can do your work at the same yeah. time. Because there's plenty of them around camp. I was a little guy that, that used to call the the what was it, racer thon. I would I would be the call the guy calling the the alumni asking for donations. Like getting that money. And, and let me tell you, when I got off that phone, I'm I'm jotting down whatever I could work-wise. So right. that's imperative. Um man, you just you just drop a lot of information <laughs> on our families, on our students, and, and it's so imperative. The the one follow-up question that I have is, is going to regard this F-A-F-S-A, FAFSA. Yes. What yes. is FAFSA? Why is it so important? And when do you do it? 
Yeah, so good. That was that was great. I was like, I did not touch on that like like that, but here we go. So free application for federal student aid. So I walked through like the four main like types of financial aid. Just a quick review: grants, work study, scholarships, and loans. Well, how do you apply for those? Really, the first step is the FAFSA form. So the FAFSA, um, I mentioned, I think a little bit briefly earlier, it comes out, it's a federal form, it's online. So when we say it comes out, it's weird language. <laughs> you know, like financial aid world, and like it, it presents itself, you know. Right, it's, it's like a Jordan drop, right? <laughs> right, 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 for real. It, it becomes live online every October 1st. Um, it's a year yearly form. So like this past October, October 2021, the 2022-2023 school year FAFSA form became live. So that's for students that are going to be in college next school year, right? So thank all August 2022 through May 2023, right? That's the school year, y'all. I know y'all know that. Um, but that's the form. So that's the application online that, you, that students want to fill out to apply for grants for work study, mm -hmm. federal loans, that is the first step in applying for a federal loan, and some institutional aid. Institutional aid is another name for merit aid, is another name for scholarships, because some colleges will use the information that families or students submit on the FAFSA to determine a student's eligibility for um, merit-based aid at their college. So it's kind of one of those things, just go ahead and do the form, okay? Um, like I said, it comes out every October. Students apply for FAFSA for the first time ever in their senior year of high school. And I said, it's a yearly form. And so every single year students in college, they're going to resubmit, they're, they're uh, renewing their FAFSA form. And the cool thing is that students will get an email. <laughs> They'll get lots of emails. Uh -huh. The email every year letting them know the FAFSA is available now and to renew their FAFSA. Um, colleges do a good job of informing students that it's time to do their FAFSA. It's a, really the culture of, of college is that students know in October it's time to redo it. Mm -hmm. um, and it was something else I was going to say, I forgot. But yeah, but that's the form. Um, I mentioned earlier that net price calculator and families filling that out. Really, it kind of gives you a... Um, preview to what's going to be on the FAFSA form. So um, the FAFSA form is going to ask um, demographic questions of the student, you know, their name, address, phone number, but the heart, kind of the meat of the FAFSA, what is it trying to do? It's trying to figure out how much aid the student may be eligible for, how much of the need-based aid from the federal government, from the state government, from the college is a student going to be eligible for. So it asks for income information from the family. It asks for, okay, how much did the family earn in income from the last tax year? It's going to ask um, how much, how many people are in the household? How many students are going to be in college the next school year? So basically what's being generated, I'm getting a little technical, but just stick with me. <laughs> um, what's generated is called, uh, um, right now it's called an expected family contribution, but the federal government changed the name to student aid index. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. Because that that name is really confusing. Um, family contribution, right? Yes, because because, because parents know. are. Yes. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's okay. Because I'm. Yeah, because students will see this number generated after they submit their FAFSA, or families will see and think, "Oh my gosh, do I have to pay the college that amount? Like we don't have that, or or what does this number mean?" 
And so changing the name, I think it's going to happen for next school year to student, okay. student aid index um, really speaks to it's an index number to determine or a measure of what the student may be eligible for in need-based aid. Mm. So there's a huge, crazy formula. Oh my gosh. Um, calculating that number. I've done it like three times before by hand and it takes like, you know, there's protections on your income. There's protections on any assets. It takes into account, as I mentioned, how many students are gonna be in college and comes up with this number um, that then the financial aid office can say, okay, if your number is here. This is how much Pell Grant you're eligible for. If your number is here, this is how much CAP Grant you're eligible for. Okay, so the FAFSA is important. Um, what I, you know, after what I like about it, I know it's a it's a form, um, is that after it's submitted, the federal government emails the student an estimate right then and there of how much federal aid they may be eligible for. And so I can look at that and really help estimate some of the other aid nice. that may be eligible for. Okay. So that is key. Again, going back to that conversation, knowing how much it costs, knowing how much you have, and then also, okay, how much more do we need? Or maybe there's not a need at all. Maybe everything we did helps to meet the need for- oh, There's the always a need. Always. Yeah. <laughs> Because guess what? I hear you. Yeah. And what I mean by that is it <laughs> that cost, uh -huh. that number. Yeah. Insightful. Yeah. So that's Gems. fast. I know it's gems. When we talk about, there's so many young people that don't have this information. And the information you just divulged and mm -hmm. how digestible it is to just anybody that is interested in college, just knowing, okay, financial aid, cost of attendance calculated, mm -hmm. net price calculated, different mm -hmm. types of Ms. Candace, thank you. Thank yeah. you, because that, that, that's huge. Because when you talk about that FAFSA form, I ain't know about FAFSA. My sister was the one calling me earlier, like, Pooh, yo, uh, FAFSA, dude, did you work this year at school? Send me your little tax. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it, my sister. So there's mm -hmm. many of us students that, that didn't do it, that had people do it for us. And there's yeah. many of us that don't have anybody to do it. And we the ones that have to do it. So what you just gave our audience in terms of just breaking it down, that's, that's, that's top tier. Yeah, um, seriously, seriously. And and the good thing about this, right, is this is being recorded. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's information that's there forever. So people can refer to this regularly, right? You may not even, you, you can listen to it once. And then you're like, you know what? I can go back and reference this, right? Oh, what was yeah. that thing that they said? When is it? October 1st? Okay. Oh, they said something about institutional aid. Boom, we got something right there. And that's so, so key, good. Right? And that was the beauty. And I was so glad we were able to get you and, and being able to do this. So, Aaron, yeah, this was, we needed this. <laughs> we cook needed up. It. This is what this is. This is the cook up. This is yeah. like we talked about so providing families, students, <laughs> individuals with information from reliable sources. And I'm gonna use that word to the T because when I think about who's on this podcast right now, I think about authenticity. Mm -hmm. I think about bringing your full self to the table. Uh, and you even showed proof of that Candace earlier where you said, yo, I'm not in Kia anymore, but this family called me and I'm not gonna leave them out to dry. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about being authentic mm -hmm. and really walking the talk, cause there's a lot of people in this field that mm -hmm. talk like they about it. 
So mm -hmm. when it comes down to helping them students the way that they need to be served, because they mm -hmm. think that that one size fits all approach works, nah, that that don't. So, um, Candice, I, I know we're looking at the time, um, and we want to be respectful of it. We have a section of this show where where we allow our guests to leave some imparting wisdom, and, and I'm going to allow Darren to to introduce that section, uh, and, and we'll get ready to close out this evening. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm not gonna break it down the same way, but it's gonna hit the same, whatchamacallit, you know what I'm saying? So um, this segment though, it's uh, uh, that talk, it's called Let Me Holler At You. And it's more so a way of you to kind of impart a little bit of your own, like maybe personal wisdom, maybe a mantra mm -hmm. that you would give to like a younger generation that are coming up. You got your group of high school students and you've already delivered your information about the importance of getting their documents on time, understanding the importance mm -hmm. of deadlines, but also giving them some life life advice, right? You're about to step into this new season of life, same similar to yourself, how you transition. So what um, keys or what wisdom or what words or what gems would you give someone in that position that's looking to transition into that next part of their lives? Yeah, so good. And um, as you were talking, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? <laughs> it's only fitting for me to say what I actually have started telling my students this just this week. Um, because they've had midterms and maybe even a little bit last week. And I'm very mindful of um, what I speak because our words have power. Our words have life. There's, you know, one of I love a lot of scripture, but, you know, one that's been just ringing loud, you know, those power, life and death is in our tongue. Mm -hmm. And so while I might necessarily like I might not necessarily shoot them with that scripture unless I feel to do that, but I'm going to say in some other words, you know, be mindful of what you speak. But also, this is what I was really saying the end of last week, even in this week. Um, it starts here. Uh -huh. We think about ourselves, students. This is what I'm like be mindful of what you're thinking about yourself because it's going to transition to what you say and then what you do, right? Your mind matters. So that's what I would tell students, you know, be mindful of what you tell yourself because you can really watch your words, right? If you if we take time to really sit back and look at our life and look out and not even we have to like look over a long period of time, just look at today, right? Look at today, reflect on what happened today, what you felt good about. And I'm even kind of doing it now, what you didn't feel good about. What was I telling myself? You know, students, what were you telling yourself? And then what did you say? And then how did that help, you know, how did that help or how did that work for you? I've heard students say, how did, well, how did that work for you? <laughs> how did that work? Um, so I just admonish students to speak life over yourself. You have control of what you say about yourself. You might not, you won't be able to control everything that somebody says about you, but you can control what you say and also what you take in, right? Jim. Jim. So, so that, because you can do it. And that's why I'm like, you got this. You can't. And I, <laughs> I'm going to tell you that. But then even if you don't feel that, I need you to keep saying it until you do. Because sometimes mm -hmm. we don't feel it. I've said that and I ain't felt it because I'm looking at my situation. Or I'm looking at a task that is, you know, complicated or I've never done before. But I'm like, you know what? I'm, I have to keep telling myself because I can. And then my feelings are just going to have to catch up. That's real. That's real. That's real. <laughs> at some point. You got to manifest, you got to believe, you got to, you know, really start to like, you really got to plant those thoughts into your head, yeah. right? Those, yeah. those thoughts of, that can do, those thoughts of perseverance, yes. those thoughts of, 
of, the, of positivity. Like it's it's so so real. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I know it's possible, and I know it is. Students, I don't know if I've ever said this before on, on our podcast. We two seasons in, but I graduated high school with a 1.88 GPA. Come on, bruh. Come on. I got a master's degree. Come on. I have a nonprofit organization I found. I have a consulting company. Uh, I ain't even told D this, but last week, D, I moderated a panel at the Cowboys headquarters for Dak Prescott. Mm. Anything is possible to Candace students. Yeah. Put your mind to it. Think bigger than yeah. where you are. And, and here's the realest thing. You've said this, D. Life gonna happen. Mike Tyson. Everybody got a plan until they get punched. Life's gonna punch you. Yes. Get knocked down once, get up twice. Get knocked yeah. down three times, get up four. Keep going. Think bigger than where you are. And, and to Candace's point, keep it here. Yeah. Believe it. Believe yeah. it. Even when you don't believe it. Yes. That's possible. That's possible. That's, That's so good. Hey, wow. this was amazing. <laughs> I appreciate it. When's y'all's book coming out? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you, you see from your words, from your lips to his ears. So you yeah. never know. You never know. So. So truly, good. truly appreciate um, you know you being on today, but also bringing knowledge. This was so good of um, an episode that I didn't even get through all the questions that I had written down um, to even talk to because you're hitting on so much and you were just giving like it was just it was like a a, a well that just never ran dry, wow. just kept going. So that was truly, truly appreciated for sure. And this information right here is this is the key. This is the part that people are like, oh, you know. I heard about college, but it costs, but that haven't mm -hmm. done the research or right. aren't, aren't, aren't aware of the, the options that are available. So this is, yes. this is key. Yeah. Hey, we got one. We got one. Yeah. Hey, shout out to the home team, Louisville, Kentucky. I'll see you soon. <laughs> like next Tuesday, I'll be there. I can't, I can't wait to get there. Um, Candace, like for me, yes. it just, I think about seven years ago, well, it's about to be eight, you know, 2014 to now to see how I've become a mm. true professional in education. Yeah. But also so stayed authentic to, to who I am as a person uh, and helping young people along the way, whether it's higher education, K through 12. Uh, but to have you as a guest today and, and know Candace has got to see me grow, right? Because uh, I remember when I called Candace last week, she said, Where are you at now? I said, Text. She said, Wow. Like, <laughs> it's the thing. Like, I never thought education would take me where it has taken me. Yeah. Or, or led me what doors did it open because yeah. like I said I graduated high school at 1.88 man I wasn't a bad student I just wasn't engaged but to think yeah. how I flipped education yeah. and turned it into not just a career but a lifestyle a brand yes. and knowing how to help students just full service like me leaving TCU I didn't feel like I had to go work with anybody else I chose to go partner with an organization because I had packed all this information higher ed based and know how to discern it and, and disseminate it to people in a digestible way, especially yeah. those who look like me. Oh, Aaron did it? Oh, go go how and that's the beautiful thing about this situation is I don't have to talk about a lot of the things like my peers in Louisville, my peers around the place that have little cousins that will be like, yo, I need you to talk to my little sister. I need you to talk to my little cousin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing like if I hoard this information, I'm I'm no good. Right. So Ooh, have yeah. those conversations and, and to yeah. make it away. It's the most beautiful thing. So, Miss Candace, I, yes. I, I, I see the EDD behind the name, 
Dr. Yeah. Candace Johnson. Dr. Candace Johnson. Uh, thank you for joining us this evening. You're welcome. Thank you. Can I say just one more thing? I thought Absolutely. I was Yeah, do your thing. Oh, yeah, yeah it's not, out. Well, I was gonna say it's not too late, right? So for students, I, I was mentioning seniors, we talked about juniors, but I think kind of Aaron, to your point about, you know, your GPA when you graduated, for that parent, right? And you may be the one that's like trying to push your student to go to college, but you can go. Yeah, that's you, real. Um, our community college here locally, and I keep seeing it on Facebook because it's sponsored and I love it, you know, <laughs> for adult learners, right? Mm -hmm. So there is money. We talked about grants earlier. There's money for adults to go to college for the first time or to go back and finish, right? There's programming where maybe you earn 80 hours, so you just need a few more, you know, to go ahead and get that bachelor's degree. Colleges are, are welcoming you and working with you because you can actually use some of that work experience can count towards classes. Come on now, right? They'll do a degree audit. So you may not even have to take as many classes as you thought you did because you're like, man, it was in 95, man, I ain't, mm-mm. <laughs> Go ahead and try. It is yeah. not too late. You just never know, never know. So I just, I, I felt like I was supposed to say that for that parent, for that grandparent. Hey. Um, okay, that's <laughs> the last thing. And I think a lot of states do that. I know in Kentucky, like there is a grant for um, adults who are 65 and older that school is free. Your tuition is, your tuition is taken care of. 65 and older is state law at really? our public schools. Mm -hmm. They had no uh, idea. Okay. No, like, yep. 65 and older, you can get your bachelor's degree for free at one of our state public schools. Interesting. Okay. Gyms. Okay, that's it, I think. But email me. I don't know. You know, you all definitely tag, tag it. So you, you promote it. Go ahead. Okay, yes. Um, comments, further questions. Uh, my email is vision, V I S I O N, speak. It's all one word S P E A K, consulting, C O N S U L T I N G, <laughs> at gmail.com. Vision, speak, consulting at gmail.com. And I would love to connect and, and see how I can help in any way. Perfect. I just wrote it down as well, too. We'll be okay. sure to put it in the uh, the episode descriptions um, okay. when this comes out and everything. So Perfect. Work. Ladies and gentlemen, another hey. episode of The Connect. Hey. Thank you for checking out this week's episode of the Connect Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with our guest, Ms. Candace Johnson, as she shared information about financial aid, what financial aid means for your college journey, and the different types of financial aid that exist. As well, let us know your thoughts, your feedback, share those comments with us, and be sure to check out any episode that you've missed so far. Till next episode, we are the Connect. We'll catch you later. Peace.